Cool. That's working. Awesome. Um, cool. Yeah, it's good to be with you guys uh, tonight. And um, yeah, I'm just going to share. We're going to do the sermon now and have a couple of songs to finish off with after that. And we've been tracking through this series on vision. Um, and this is the last one. So we've gone, this is the sixth one. We've kind of gone through um, this new vision statement, just sort of one part at a time. Um, and just going to try and finish it off uh, tonight. Um, if you haven't been tracking with us, the kind of the goal is that this is a statement that gives purpose to what we do as a church. Uh, this is kind of like the broad vision or the broad purpose that kind of is in everything and kind of brings everything together. Um, and it's to see the kingdom of God realized by being a growing family. It's about God as king that we sung about before. We want to see him as king over all the earth and that he's going to work through his church, which is a family made up of devoted followers of Jesus who love him wholeheartedly and live as his people in the world. Um, and then our mission is these three ideas that kind of incorporate that big picture vision, that we focus everything in the church around knowing God and loving him wholeheartedly and worship, growing as we follow him as devoted followers of Jesus together. And tonight we're going to talk about going and living as his people in the world. Um, so I might pray, and then the last few weeks have just been taking this sort of mission statement and breaking it down and just sort of really simple, different Bible verses, different quotes. What does this mean to be on mission? What does this mean to go um, out into the world to represent Jesus? So I'm going to pray, and then, then we'll sort of break this down um, tonight. So, yeah, Father, we just thank you uh, for how you're at work in our lives, God. Um, yeah, thank you for your presence and that we can... Um, yeah, be in family together and, and serve you here, Lord. Um, just thank you for this message of Jesus, goodness and truth that you've entrusted to us, God, to carry um, into the world, into our workplaces, into our families, into our neighborhoods, to our schools. Just ask that you give us more wisdom and insight as to what that means, how to go about that, um, how to serve you and go into this world with your good news. Uh, so just yeah, speak through this time, we pray. Um, by your spirit and through your word. We just pray this in your name. Amen. Cool. So, like I said, we, we've got these sort of three goals as a church about knowing, growing, going. Knowing God. Last week we talked about not just knowing God intimately, but growing and actually being transformed. That we're called to be people who grow and change to be more like Jesus. That we're actually on a trajectory of growth and formation. And I'm saying tonight, it's not just about that then. It's not just us and God or us being transformed, but actually that propels us outward into the world to represent God and to bring his good news. So there's this upward dynamic of us and God, and there's this inward and communal dynamic of church family and, and inner transformation, and then there's this outward dynamic of going into the world um, where there's pain and there's brokenness and there's... There's fear and, and evil and actually confronting that and actually bringing light and goodness and justice and, and beauty and love on, with, with Jesus. So we're going. So there's this descending aspect. Um, and there's a whole lot of verses in, in the New Testament that, that encapsulate this. Probably one of the most famous ones where Jesus says really specifically to go is at the end of Matthew. Um, he's with his disciples. He's, he's taught them over, over a few years. Jesus has risen from the dead, and now he's going to send them into all the earth. And, and this is why we're here, effectively. Like, it started with these guys. Jesus sent them. And in some ways, we're on the other side of the world tonight. We're in Australia. They're in Israel. 
in Jerusalem. This message has spread throughout the world, and we're here now 2,000 years later. But at that, that day, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Jesus is king. He has all authority. He says, Because of that, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. The disciples are like learners or apprentices, people who follow Jesus, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus says, go, make disciples, teach, baptize, and I'm with you. He sends them out. And, and this is actually our mission. Like, and th- this has happened. That's why we're here. But it's a continual thing that we are to be people that continue what Jesus did, continue what these first disciples did in actually spreading this message. There's this quote by Tom Wright. He says this about the church. He says, The church exists, in other words, for what we sometimes call mission, to announce to the world that Jesus is its Lord. We have the message that we sung about before that Jesus is King. This is the good news. And when it is announced, it transforms people and societies. There's this idea that what we do as a church is not primarily just make people's lives better. We don't just share teaching and, and sort of life hacks or ways to have spiritual experiences and good advice for a better life. Like There may be some byproducts, but it's not that this is just one option and this, is a, this might help your life a little bit by coming and we might invite other people because it's benefited us. It's, it's that something actually has happened in history. That in history, God has worked through Jesus. He's, he died on the cross. He was buried. And he actually rose again. That's an event in history. And it's news. It's not advice. It's, it's something that happened. And then we carry that news that Jesus is alive. He is the true king. He, he is the Lord. He has worked to rescue us from sin and death and evil. He has the victory. He's a God of forgiveness and love and goodness. We carry that news, not just advice. And we're actually called to announce it. He said this, Those who belong to Jesus are called here and now in the power of the Spirit to be agents of that putting to right purpose, that God is at work through Jesus putting the world to right. The word mission comes from the Latin for sent. This is one thing Jesus said, As the Father has sent me, Jesus said after his resurrection, so I am sending you. So to be on mission, to go, is because we are sent. And this is first what Jesus did. Jesus left heaven to come to earth. He was sent by the Father. And now when he finishes his mission, he says, now as I was sent, I'm sending you. And we, in a sense, continue, and are Jesus' body on earth, continuing what he did. We're actually called to be people who are sent, um, which is basically what a missionary is. Um, we had these guys from Brazil here, who, who, which is pretty amazing. Like they live in Brazil, and they've come to Australia for a year or two, um, called by God, sent by their church, sent by their family, um, and then even sent by us into the schools and the areas around here and the youth group, commissioned and sent as missionaries to carry this message of Jesus, this good news. Um, maybe there's others here who have even been sent overseas and. Um, have spent time in other parts of the world and as the main purpose is there to spread the good news of Jesus, to, to serve, to help, to, to give. Um, that, that's this idea of being a missionary. But we kind of might think, well, okay, so if you go to Africa, you're a missionary or if, if, if you go to another country, you're a missionary. 
but I just go to my office, or like, or I just go down the school down the street, or I just stay at home. Like, I'm not sent. But this idea is that actually everyone in the church is sent. Everyone in the church is a missionary. We're actually sent by Jesus to continue his mission wherever we are, whether it's overseas or whether it's down the road. Uh, Mike Frost says this, if our mission is to alert others to the universal reign of God through Christ, then all believers should see themselves as missionaries. So if we're going, it's because we're sent. And if we're sent, we actually view ourselves as sent ones, as missionaries. We're actually here carrying a message to share. Um, wherever you are, you could be a student at uni going into QT this week, and you're there to study and you're there to learn, but you're also there sent by Jesus as a missionary to represent him in that place. Um, so wherever we are, we start to think of ourselves as missionaries, as sent ones. As we go, we're called to go and live as his people. So we go with a message, but not just with a message. We actually are, in a sense, to be the message. We're to model the message. We're to not just go and, and, and talk, but actually live in a way that reveals God, that reflects him. Again, Jesus talks about this in Acts, the start of Acts, when he's sending his disciples out. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He calls them to be witnesses. So witnesses, if you witness something, it means you've seen it, you've experienced it, and you, you share about it. You, you're a witness. And in some ways, he, he says we're actually by the Spirit to be witnesses. Actually, our lives are to bear witness. Our lives are to reflect the goodness of God. There's this, again, famous verse in, in Matthew when Jesus is talking to people um, just on a hill, the Sermon on the Mount, mostly people who are not very impressive, don't have much money, very mostly poor people, kind of rejected of society, but they know Jesus. And Jesus says to them, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. They may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. He says that to this, this group of people. And this is a verse that like, you, you probably heard before. You hear a lot. Stuff with light can easily become kind of cliche, like you're the light. Like, like you kind of hear it again and again. But it's quite a profound thing for Jesus to say to this, this just small group of people. You are the light of the world. That's full on. Like Jesus himself says, I am the light of the world. Jesus says anyone who's not walking with him is walking in darkness. Again, that's a controversial thing to say. Like that's, that doesn't sit well with kind of the way that we're, we're, we're used to sort of thinking. But Jesus makes this claim that like, he is the light of the world. He is the true Lord. He is the king. His is the way. And actually life is found only in him. Therefore, he is the light. And to reject him is to be left in darkness. And then he says to his followers who follow him, therefore they're representing him. And it's not that we're the light because we're amazing. We're the light because we're reflecting him. And people are seeing the, our lives that represent him and then seeing God and giving glory to him. We're called to reflect him as the light. But that, that's profound. It means that actually there's people around us in our lives who are in darkness, who don't know God, 
who therefore don't know what life is actually about, who don't know the true story of the world, who don't know what it means to know Jesus and experience his grace, who don't have hope, who are not living in this life of transformation and growth in Christ's likeness. And actually he says that we shine that light in that place. We are the light of the world. David Guzik says this, Jesus never challenged us to become salt or light. It's not that you have to work at it, you have to go out and try and be the light. He simply said that we are, and we are either fulfilling or failing that given responsibility. It's because of who we are. We've had this inner transformation by trusting in Jesus. We're now called to not like hide that, not block that, not live out of alignment with that, but be who we are, which is now children of God, people who've been rescued, people who've been forgiven, people who are being transformed. Be who we are. Be witnesses, people who just share about what we've experienced of Jesus and what we've known about his, his death and resurrection and his life. This is not saying you're the light of the world. Go out and just like put pressure on everyone to become a Christian. Like that's, that's not good news. Like it's go out into the world and share this good news. Reflect this good news. Be the light. Don't hide it. But be in the world and share it. And that's, that's why we've said then that we're going and living as his people in the world. This is important because it's, it's that we need to be living in the world. We can't escape. It's, it's easy sometimes or tempting sometimes. We think, well, let's just escape and just do our thing uh, with Jesus and we just sort of stay away from the world that's scary and difficult. Let's just hide. Um, but God's heart is for the world. He wants transformation and, and life. He wants this to be spread. But at the same time, we might go into the world and then sort of want to relate and want to be like people and actually start living like everybody else. And then there's no light to share or there's, there's no message or there's no difference. So there's this tension of actually being different but still being connected, being not a part of the world but sent into the world. Jesus said this specifically in John 17. He said, they are not of the world, talking about his disciples, even as I am not of it. Jesus says he's not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. You see, you see like we, we are not of the world. We're to be different. We're to be the light. We're to be rescued out of the world in a sense to live according to heaven, according to Jesus. But then we're sent back into the world to represent him and to share and to be the light and to see change and transformation. Uh, so there's, there's a connection but also a difference. So Paul says this in Philippians. He says, Our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a really interesting verse because if you read that verse, the sort of natural way to think about it if someone says our citizenship is in heaven, the kind of natural way we might think is, okay, this is not our home. We're all waiting till we go to heaven one day. And we just need to wait and then escape and get to heaven. But that's actually not what Paul's saying in this verse. He's talking about Philippi, which is this, this colony of Rome. So Rome is this empire, and, and, and Philippi is a colony of Rome. So Rome is actually spreading its influence, and it's set up a colony. And the people in Philippi are not waiting to go back to Rome. Rome is actually spreading its influence in Philippi. And actually, if the people in, if the sort of people 
um, seeking to spread Roman influence in Philippi, like they're struggling. Their hope is that the emperor will actually come to them and help. It's not that they're going to escape and go back. And Paul kind of uses that metaphor to think about this idea of being a citizen of heaven. It's actually that if we're a citizen of heaven, we are here on earth, but our allegiance or our core identity or our core, the, the, the core community that we belong to is primarily that of heaven. Our citizenship, our identity is in heaven. And we're a colony of heaven. And actually, it's not that we're going to escape. It's that heaven is going to come more and more to earth. And our hope is that one day Jesus will return and come in full and spread heaven on earth. So we're to think of ourselves as on earth, but as citizens of heaven, spreading the life and the goodness and the reality of heaven more and more on earth. Again, Tom Wright says it this way, the church is at present a colony of heaven with the responsibility, as we say in the Lord's Prayer, for bringing the life and rule of heaven to bear on earth. It's that God, another way to think of it is it's almost like in our lives, if we have the Spirit of God in the church, as we gather as people who have the Spirit of God because of Jesus, we are actually places where heaven and earth overlap. And, and we actually are called to work and, and, and reflect God's goodness that more and more heaven and earth come together, which is the end of the story, or the end of the Bible, when, when heaven and earth are reunited and God's glory fills the whole earth. That, that's where things are going. Not that we escape, but that heaven comes to earth. So we see ourselves as citizens of heaven, spreading the rain, the rule, the goodness of heaven on earth. We see ourselves as light in the world that needs hope and, and goodness and needs to know Jesus. We see ourselves as missionaries who are sent to represent Jesus and bring good news. We're actually called to be going and living as his people in the world. That's a pretty high call. Like... I think everyone has this desire to be a part of something, to contribute to something, to make a meaningful difference in the world, uh, to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And this is what we're invited to be a part of. God's mission to renew the whole earth. God's mission to set up his kingdom on earth. God's mission to bring light and goodness and justice through his church. And often maybe we just sort of feel weak and it kind of feels like we're just in a hole in Kalanga and like that seems strange. But, but God is at work in that. God's at work through weakness. He was at work in Jesus' life. Jesus' life did not look like this amazing heaven is coming and Jesus was often weak and just like ignored and rejected. But God is at work in there, in power, even in weakness. So we're called to go and live as his people in the world. What I want to do just to sort of frame this a bit more though, is sort of take that now and think, well then how? How do we go about that? Because that is a high call. Like to say, we're the light of the world, we're missionaries sent, citizens of heaven, spreading this rule. Like that's, that's a significant call and there's a weight to that. And when we think about the world, there's a significant need. Uh, even in our community just here, there's huge need, uh, desperate need. And we think, well how are we going to go about that? And there's kind of different ways that we might approach that. And one might be that we just think, well, we just have to go. Like, it's, it's a, we have this high call, there's desperate need, we just got to get out there, we just have to go. We need to go and talk to people, we need to go into dark places, we need to go and make a difference, we need to work out what we can do, we need to put out all our effort and energy, we just have to go. And that's true 
in a sense, and Jesus does say to go. But the danger is that we start to think it's all on us and we've just got to make stuff happen and we're the ones who are going to rescue the world and we're the ones who are going to make a difference and it, becomes, it can become this pressure even. And it's interesting because Jesus says to go, but in these verses, he also says to wait, which is a really strange thing because he's just defeated death, he's the king of the universe, and he's told his disciples to go and they're probably ready to go. But there's these verses when Jesus actually says, no, don't go, wait. He, he says this in Luke 24. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city till you've been clothed with power from on high. They're probably ready to go. Like, people need to know about what's happened. But Jesus says, no, wait, wait. Again, he says this in Acts. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he, he actually says, don't leave yet. Wait here in Jerusalem for the Spirit. He says, don't go, wait. I'm going to send the promise of the Spirit. And this is so important because it's easy for us to think, well, we've got this mission, we've got this call, we've just got to go and get out there, and we think that we're the ones who are the focus, we're the ones who are going to make it happen. But Jesus' point is, no, wait, it's God who's going to make it happen. It's the Spirit who's going to be at work. He's actually the one who leads. This is what Leslie Newbigin says. It's impossible to stress too strongly that the beginning of mission is not an action of ours, but the presence of a new reality the presence of the Spirit of God in power. It's not that we go out and do it. It's that the Spirit comes, God's presence. God is on mission. God is going into the world, and we get on board with what He's doing. He says this, It's the Spirit who will give them power, and the Spirit who will bear witness. God sends His Spirit to spread this message. He says it's not that they must speak and act, asking the Spirit to help the help of the Spirit to do so. So it's not like we get our plans for mission, we're going to go out, we're going to make a difference, God, please bless our plans so that, so that they work. It's not that. He says it's rather in their faithfulness to Jesus, they become the place where the Spirit speaks and acts. We actually go not as the main ones that make a difference, but actually as a vessel that God can work through. We actually go not to, to put it all on us, but actually He's He's the one initiating. He's the one leading. And we're just called to get on board with what he's doing. So how, how do we go? We go not in our own strength, but by the power and the leading of the Spirit. Actually, it's not all on us. There's actually a freedom and a, and a peace in actually saying, actually, God, you're the one who's going. And you call us to enter into what you're doing and respond to what you're doing and listen to your leading and be the vessel that you can work through. Because we can't save and fix the world. But the Spirit is at work calling people and, and challenging people and leading and revealing Jesus to people. So we trust and go in the power of the Spirit. So that's how. We might also ask why, though. And, and you might sort of think, well, it's obvious. Like we've just been talking about why. But I guess an, uh, to ask why is to actually say, well, what is our motivation in going, in mission, in going and sharing, in going and being the light? Well, What's, what's the real thing that's going to keep us going, that's going to that's help us persevere when, when things are hard? 
And there's definitely bad motivations. Like we could have a motivation that we just want to make a name for ourselves, or we want a big church, or we want to just feel good that we've done something for somebody else. And and then probably not great motivations. It can be so much about us. And there can be other good motivations though that we actually love people. Like um, we have compassion for the poor, for for the broken, for the lost, uh, for people who are confused. Actually, love and and care for them, and know that they need to know this good news. So we we go and share with them. But we might start to think, well, if we just go and 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 we share, and we've got this good news, people are just going to love it, and it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be amazing, and we're going to make a big difference in the world. But the reality is, like Jesus was sent with good news about his kingdom, about who God is, yet Jesus suffered and was rejected. And suffered pain, and ultimately died. Actually, we're called to go, and we're sent like Jesus was sent. And actually, there's kind of we we can sometimes maybe think it's just going to be great, it's just going to be amazing. But Jesus actually says no. It's actually going to involve pain and, and suffering, and people are not going to necessarily listen, and people are going to hate us for it, and it's going to be a challenge, and it's going to be difficult. And and we're called to go in love. But but what about when it gets really hard? And what about people don't respond? And what about when we don't seem to notice a difference? How are we going to continue the motivation to go then? There's this really interesting verse in John 12. Jesus is talking, and he says this: Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. So Jesus is saying we are people who follow him. So if we follow him, wherever he is. We want to be, and Jesus is facing the cross, and praying. He says, "This my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it's for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name." Jesus is at this this point of decision of of difficulty, of not wanting to go to the cross, but his deeper motivation is, "Father, glorify your name." He wants to honor the Father. He says that those who follow him want to be with where he is, and he is there honoring and glorifying the Father. Leslie Newbigin said this about the motivation.、He、says the one who has been called and loved by the Lord, the one who wishes to love and serve the Lord, will want to be where he is. We say if we love Jesus, we want to follow him. We want to be where he is, and where he is is on that frontier which runs between the kingdom of God. And the absurd power of the evil one. Where is Jesus? He's in the world advancing His kingdom. He's at work in the dark places. He's the one who's taking ground. He's the one who's on mission. And He says, "Follow me. Come and be where I am." He said this. Jesus sent out His. When Jesus sent out His disciples on His mission, He showed them His hands and His side. Jesus' hands where the nails were and the spear pierced. They will share in His mission. As they share in his passion, as they follow him in challenging and unmasking the powers of evil. Actually, to go, Jesus says, will involve suffering, but God will be at work in and through that.、He、says there is no other way to be with him. At the heart of mission is simply the desire to be with him and to give him the service of our lives. To follow Jesus, to be with Jesus in what he's doing in the world. He finishes with this mission. Is an acted-out doxology. That's worship to God. That is its deepest secret. Its purpose is that God may be glorified. 
So why do we go? What's the deeper motivation that could last even in suffering, even in pain, even in difficulty? We go because we desire to be where he is and see God glorified. Jesus is on the front line spreading this good news at work in the world and we're called to be with him where he is so that we can be with him and we can see God glorified and worshipped. And we've been talking about how these three goals sometimes get separated. We kind of, maybe we just want to know God or maybe we just really love growing and, and, and having fellowship or maybe we're really evangelistic and we just want to get out there. We see actually these things all go together. If we really know God and we're growing to be like him, we want to follow him. And where is he? He's at work in the world. And actually as we go into the world to serve and honor him, we do it for people, but we also do it as an act of worship for him. So actually these three don't get separated. Knowing him, growing, going is a way of following and worshiping and honoring him. Worship and mission come together. They're not separate. Actually everything can be brought back in worship. As we follow him, we go into the world. So we want to keep these things together. And, and, and we still maybe have different emphases and, and different ways that we kind of work in different seasons. But ultimately, it's all about him and following him and seeing his work done in the world. So what I thought we could finish with tonight, as, as we sort of just focus tonight, though, on, on going, is just in your week, this week, where are you being sent? We're kind of gathered here today and, and we have church and we're, we're, we're together as believers. Um, we can kind of sometimes think, okay, well, this is God time. We do church and then Mondays, 10 o'clock Monday, we go to work, different mode, different, different go through the week. Okay, come back to church again. And, and that is understandable. Though. It's easy to think that way. But this is just church gathered. We're, we're just gathered together. And then tomorrow we are sent into the world. And again, we kind of sometimes might think that, well, to serve God means we serve at youth group or we serve at, at, at food hampers or at church, and those are good things. But everyone in their workplace tomorrow, in your home tomorrow, wherever you're going tomorrow, you're sent as a representative of Jesus to serve him and honor him, which means literally Rivers is impacting people all over the world this week. People will travel this week. People will be in all different spheres of society this week representing Jesus, sharing his good news, being the light of the world, and, and we're actually called to see ourselves as that, sent people who then say, God, what are you doing in the world? What are you doing in my workplace? What are you doing in my school? Where, where are you at work and how do I cooperate with you for what you want to do? So that's what we could do. We're going to come and take communion um, now, and, and as we respond to that, we, we, we center again on the broken body of Jesus and, and the blood poured out and we take the biscuit and we dip it in and, and we remember and we eat together. We remember his grace and his mercy. And in a sense, again, we remember that we follow him. We follow a king who was crucified. And as he was sent into the world and redeemed the world through self-giving love, we are sent into the world to work for the redemption of the world, again, through self-giving love, which means loving and may involve suffering but we're called and empowered by spirit to go that way. So we, we receive um, the communion and, 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 and think through this week again what he's doing in us. I thought one thing you could do if, if, you're, if you're willing is after you've taken communion, maybe just with someone next to you, uh, if you're comfortable, just ask them that question. Ask them, where are you being sent this week? 
Maybe it's tomorrow morning, it's uni. Maybe it's home. Maybe it's school. Maybe it's youth group. Maybe, maybe it's the office. Where, where are you being sent? And just pray for each other. Just pray for God's work in that space, in that sphere, in whatever realm that is, what he wants to do. Um, so if you're comfortable, just do that with someone next to you. Ask them that question. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll respond with communion, and we can have some time to pray, and then, then we'll sing together. Yeah, Jesus, we just thank you that you call us into your mission. Um, yeah, we're just here uh, on church on a Sunday, but you're calling and sending us out into a new week uh, to represent you and to work for your good and your kingdom in the world. Uh, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love. And God, just for all the areas that we even have reached into as a church, God. And we just pray, um, yeah, give us wisdom in, in all the spheres of society and all the places that you're sending us this week. Um, and give us grace to go and to live as your people, to shine your light, um, to share your goodness, to be witnesses, um, to love, um, even when there's suffering and pain. Uh, we just ask that you would fill us and lead us by your spirit. And we just pray, God, for our community here, even in Kalanga, Dakaban region, Morton Bay, God. Uh, we know there's darkness and lostness and pain. And ask, God, that you would empower us to go to those places, to serve you, to represent you, to see your goodness and light. We know you're on the front line of those places, Jesus, and we want to be where you are. Would you empower and equip us to do that, Lord? And even just, just this week, God, those going to schoolies, we just pray your grace over red frogs and people represent you there this week, God. Be with them, empower them. So we just ask that you'd meet us and, and guide us now by your spirit. Lord, would you come um, have your way tonight? Amen.